Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. And you know who the enemy would come after when the children of Israel, millions of them were marching? The stragglers at the end. Pick them up. Pick them up. It's exactly what Satan does to some of you. He picks you off. When you get discouraged, the last thing I want to do is go to church. The last thing I do is want to go to somebody else. And you find yourself isolated. Satan goes, gotcha. When you're discouraged, the best place to be is in the front row of church. Because that's where God's going to speak truth to your mind and destroy that destructive thinking. Do you ever feel beat up and defeated? Everyone has felt this way at some point. There's only one hope against the enemy whose main purpose is to defeat us and fill our minds with lies. It's Jesus Christ, who is our fortress and stronghold. Do you need a place of refuge today? Jesus, our stronghold, is waiting for you. Always remember that a stronghold is of no use if you're standing outside its walls. Stop trying to do everything on your own. You're not alone. God is with you and waiting for you to enter His fortress of refuge. He's waiting for you to come to His refuge. Now, let's join Pastor Mark in the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 12, for our continuing study entitled, Defeating Strongholds and All of Satan's Weapons. I read to you thoughts that Satan puts with destructive things in our minds. All those kind of things I went through. The addictions and all those things are strongholds. But the other ones, remember? Discouragement, God will never be there. God doesn't love you. Yeah, done this again. You shouldn't forgive this person. Let me read the other things. Remember the first one? God's an impersonal God, can't be known. He's too hard to serve. Here, let me just rip off some truths for you. I won't give you the verses because of time this morning. Truth, God is a personal God. And he actually lives in you. Maybe you're here this morning and you think God's impersonal. There's there's seven plus billion people in the world. What do you mean God's personal? No, he created you. He knows you. He wants a relationship with you. He's not into religion. And I can say to you this morning, he is absolutely an amazing personal God. Truth, number two, God cannot lie. When you open this, you won't find a lie. God can't lie. Now let's flip the page. Satan can't tell the truth. That ought to say something to us. But see, if I don't recognize what the truth is, I'll just be deceived and accept Satan's law. That's why we study the Word of God. That's why you'll see in a moment you have to have a quiet time. Number three, how many would like to serve God if you knew God was against you? Now there's one person I don't want to be against me. God. But God is, the Bible says God is for us. He's not against us. God is for us. He's not against us. Now, number four, 
I'm ready for an amen here now in just a moment when I finish this. Could, could we work up an amen even? Can we work up an amen this morning? Huh? Okay, here we go. Get ready now. Here's truth. God is greater than Satan and we win. Good, good here, amen. Praise God. Now think about what you just heard, truth. God is greater. Whose side are you on? If you're a Christian, you're on God's side. We win. Not because of us, because whose side and who lives in us. So you're going to see the bottom line next week. You're going to see the eternal consequence of this battle. Don't miss next week. It's so powerful. See, it's your outcome. Where you're headed and we win. Now, remember, Satan will say to you, he loves this condemning. Oh, remember when you, I remember when you promised God you'd never do that again. You did it again. He ain't going to forgive you. I mean, that's the 46th time you did that. I've been keeping track. What kind of God do you think you're serving? A God of grace and forgiveness? Are you kidding me? Say yes. He's a God of grace and forgiveness. How do I know that? Well, I just thought it up. It was in theology school. No, it's in the Bible. If I confess my sins, he's faithful and just to forgive my sins. How often? Every single time. That sounds too good to be true. It is. That's because it's God and it's grace. You don't deserve it and I don't deserve it. Don't listen to the lies of Satan. Now, here's another one. Truth. God's power is unlimited. Nothing is impossible with God. Not any stronghold you have, not any background, not any of the hurt and all that stuff that's horrible. There's absolutely nothing impossible with God. You know, one day... There was a woman caught in adultery. She was dragged, half-dressed, in front of all the town in Jerusalem. Southern steps. The religious people were there. They're going to stone her to death. And Jesus began to deal with them. Pretty soon they all left because they had sin too. He said, you don't have sin? Go ahead, throw the first stone. Now there's one person in that, in that whole scenario who could have thrown the first stone. You know who that was? Jesus, he had never sinned. So he says to the woman, where are your accusers? She looked up. She expected to be dead. There were none. And Jesus said this, neither do I condemn you. And he says this, go and sin no more. What do you think her life was up to that point? How many men had abused her and treated her as a sexual toy? How could she be free? He who the Son sets free is free indeed. Hallelujah. There is nothing impossible with God. Nothing. Doesn't matter your background. His grace is greater than your sin. His grace was greater than her hurt. I don't care the lifestyle. I don't care whose fault. Nothing impossible with our God. Now, remember, Satan not only wants you to think wrongly about who God is. We already covered truth there. He's for you. He's not against you. He's amazing. He's loving. He's personal. But Satan wants you to think wrongly about who you are. Who did God make you? What does the Bible tell me about how God made you? Number one, because of God, I belong. There's one thing that all of us want to be. We want to belong to something, some group of people, something. Because that gives us worth. Number two, because of God, 
I'm accepted. You see, when I become a Christian, I become a son or daughter of God. So I belong to an amazing family, and I'm accepted. I'm his son and his daughter. It's amazing. Number three, because of God, I'm secure. The book of Romans says, nothing can separate us from the love of God. That's amazing. I'm secure in my salvation this morning because of God. Number four, here's for some of you. Remember, you feel like you don't have any use. You don't have any gift. You don't have anything really to offer. And you're one of those people that are always down on yourself, your self-worth or whatever. By the way, this morning, don't worry about self-worth. You're something because of God-worth. God-esteem. God died for you. You accepted it. That makes you worth everything because you're a child of God. Here's what I want you to write. Because of God, I'm adequate, I'm gifted, and I'm useful. Quit listening to the lies of the enemy this morning. You have value. You'll see it later. You have value in this world. And that's because God put you in his family. He is gifted and equipped and made you adequate in every area of the life where he calls you. I don't have any idea how I got here because when, if I'd have known where I was, I think I probably would have stayed in pharmacy because I'm thinking, I don't speak in front of large crowds. That's like not me. God says, no, this is where I'm sending you. He didn't tell me. I shared with 100 people. That's okay. But how did this happen? Because he knew He had equipped me to do this. I'm not able to do this. I can't do this one minute in my own strength. I do it because he said you're able. That's the same for you in every single area of your life. If he calls you to something, he'll qualify you to do it. You're gifted. Use it. And last, because of God, my life has purpose. This weekend, I've spoken with people. They didn't realize there's a purpose. You know, your purpose is to praise God and tell the world about God. He makes you useful. Without purpose, you're useless. I'll tell you an amazing story from a young man in Canada who left to serve with ISIS. And he was looking for one thing, purpose. And wait till you hear his story. The deceiver gave him a purpose and he died for the wrong purpose. Your purpose this morning when you were created is to know God, love God, serve God, and make him known to other people. When you come to God, you automatically have purpose. And that's what fulfills this. Now, the truth of what I just told you with all of these things comes from one thing, a quiet time with God. Number one weapon is the word of God, because that tells me what's true. So what would, if, if you're Satan and you know that the truths of this word are the most powerful thing that will destroy you, what would you try to do to every Christian that has a Bible? What kind of things would you put in their mind? Doubt, number one. Number two, you don't have time for that. You don't have 15 minutes in the morning for that. Come on, you can do that a couple times. Oh, you can bounce off the church. You, you were there three weeks ago. What's the problem? You don't need to hear the word again. Come on. Many of you fall to that. This isn't condemnation. This is conviction from God. See, this is the word that sets me free. If you're never in it, you will never really 
know truth. You can't just get it from me or a pastor here or at any church that teaches the Word. You have to have your own quiet time, 15 minutes in the morning, reading the Word, saying to God, God, I need your help today. What is that? Wow, look at that scripture. Remember, I talked to you about that. This is the day that the Lord has made. Ah, let's rejoice. Well, that's not kind of the way I am. It's going to be tough with the boss today. Oh, you're for me. You're not against me. Good. I gave somebody the assignment last night of the 23rd Psalm. When you lay down tonight, because it was fears and all kind of stuff. When you lay down tonight, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. So I said to you, when you read that, the shepherd, oh, hallelujah, the shepherd is in your bedroom. See, that's a personal God. You say, how can he be in that bedroom and a million others? Because he's God. Relax. It's okay. So ask yourself this morning, are you in the word yourself? Or what excuse are you using not to be in it? Weapon number two, prayer and fasting. In Ephesians 6, Paul says this. He lists all the spiritual battle, warfare. He says, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and requests with this in mind, with this in mind. Be alert. Always keep on praying for all the saints. The Bible commands us to pray. That's one of the things that allows me to know God. Prayer is two-way conversation with God. It allows me to discover God's point of view for my life. God, what should I be doing today? How can you help me this? Prayer also helps us not worry. God, I'm casting my care on you today because I can't handle this situation that's coming up. I don't have wisdom. We have not because we ask not. So understand, it's a deciding factor in spiritual warfare. Satan knows prayer defeats him, so he works in all of our lives to keep us from prayer. Weapon number three, I have to be filled with God's power. That simply means I come under his influence. When Jesus went back to heaven, he said to his disciples, you must wait until you're filled with God's power. You cannot do what's going to happen in life unless you're filled with the power of God. Those of us understand that spirit, if I'm not filled with the spirit of God and under his control, and being filled with the spirit of God is not some event you had 12 years ago. Paul says in Ephesians 5.18, keep on being filled. Keep under the influence of the power of the Spirit. Remember our story about the woman? What influence was she under when she put a knife in her boyfriend? Not the Holy Spirit, the spirit of alcohol. Amazing in that verse, just before Paul says, keep filled with the Spirit, he says, don't get drunk on wine, but be filled with the Spirit. He knew what to be under control of. See, if you're not being controlled by the Holy Spirit, that's not a weird thing. It's a lifestyle. It's a spiritual life. If you're not in control, if the, if the spirit is not in control, you're in control. That's a dangerous thing. That's practice, that pride. Look what Paul says. You see it on the overhead. So I say then, let the Holy Spirit guide your life. Let, let him be in control. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Now, the last one's going to be strange to you this morning, but it's very powerful. God's number four weapon. We, we, I was designed to do life with God and I was designed to do life with other people. Together is better. God designed the church as this family 
And everything you've read in these passages, three through five, what does Paul say? We, some of you do not understand the power of the church. It's a body of believers. We're connected together. You have a gift. You have an ability. And, and we can't be isolated. We live in a world that's pretty much individuals, isolation, just do my own thing. You can't do your own thing. You were never designed to do your own thing. We were designed to need people. Now watch. Look at this verse. Romans 12. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are all parts of one body and each of us has a different work to do. And since we are all one body in Christ, we belong to each other and each of us needs the other. We just turn to a neighbor behind you now, not somebody you know. And just say, well, I guess you're part of me and I need you. You say, this is like a pretty funky body. That's exactly what they just said about you too. Can you imagine you saying to your lung, I don't need you. Of course we would never say that. I need it. If you lose one, you understand. You understand. So as you go through this, It's we. And that means that you and I have to connect to others. That's one of our five C's in vibrant personal relationships. You and I love to simply get into a place where you're connected. When Jesus came to this earth, the first thing he did when he started ministry, he got 12 guys. He did life with 12 guys. He didn't do it alone. He didn't do it alone. And some of you have not ever gotten into a community group or a small group. At the beginning of the year, when all these start up again, you need to get connected. We have thousands of ways for you to get connected, all kinds of groups. Now, here's the danger. Satan likes to get us isolated. And then when we get discouraged, we start listening to his lies. You know, in the Old Testament, I don't have time really, but in the Old Testament, I'll tell you this little quick thing. Children of Israel were always marching. And you know who the enemy would come after when the children of Israel, millions of them were marching? The stragglers at the end. Pick them up. Pick them up. It's exactly what Satan does to some of you. He picks you off. When you get discouraged, the last thing I want to do is go to church. The last thing I do is want to go to somebody else. And you find yourself isolated. Satan goes, gotcha. When you're discouraged, the best place to be is in the front row of church. Because that's where God's going to speak truth to your mind and destroy that destructive thinking. Now, When we're doing life together, we obey the scripture. We flow in unity instead of disunity. 51 and other commands in the Bible. Now, recently I read a story from a a pastor, worldwide known pastor. I respect him a lot. Let me list, let me, let me share with you a a, a kind of a, a encounter he had. He says this. Remember, he's a great pastor, wonderful church. One summer day, I ate lunch with a man who had been in ministry, who was in ministry, who had been helping men say no to internet pornography. And I was expecting him to give me some new spiritual truth that, that I could not, that I really didn't know before, and I could pass it along back in my church to those men and women that struggled with this. To my surprise, he said the most helpful piece of advice for men and women that he could ever give me after doing this for many years was this to join a small group of other men or other women for a Bible study and prayer. 
He said, through interpersonal relationships and accountability, God honors the humility and the faithfulness of those who stand together in overcoming temptations and sins. Now, that's interesting, isn't it? See, those, some of those strongholds, especially in those sexual and alcohol and those kind of difficult things, God, as I said before, God can deliver you instantly. But sometimes you need to be in a support group just to get you started, get you thinking together, share with each other, be humble with each other. Men, women, all the bitterness, anxiety, hurt. Why do you think we have divorce care? For the hurts. And you know, in the old days, we had divorce care for adults. You know, now we have it for teens and children because it affects all of them. Divorce care. It's people getting together, allowing God to what? Heal. We have all kinds of support groups at our campuses. But let me just remind you of this. We love counseling. We love support groups. But bottom line, we don't demolish any of those strongholds with people's wisdom, even counseling and direction. We destroy them with the power of God. It's divine stuff that God does. We can be directed how, but God is the one that absolutely frees us. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. So don't get that wrong. We we love all of that. But in the bottom line, it's divine weapons. And that's God. Now, I'm going to challenge you this morning. Remember Satan's big lie. You cannot change your thinking. Some of you are here this morning. And you either have destructive thinking. I'm going to ask all of us in a moment to stand at all our campuses. I'm just going to pray over all of us. And some of you have allowed lies to find a fortress. It's become a stronghold. I'm going to pray for that as well. Don't ever, ever be embarrassed to come and ask for prayer. If you're embarrassed to ask for prayer, that's Satan. Well, people see me going down there for prayer. What What do you care what they think? See, there's that ego again. You think when you walk down here, everybody's going, oh, look who's going. They don't even know you. They could care less about you. (laughs) Did you get it? See, we think, wow, everybody's thinking about me. They're not thinking about you at all. They're thinking about themselves. <laughs> so don't ever stop coming down here. You need prayer? We're supposed to pray for each other. Remember, Satan says, you can't beat this. It's over. You'll never start again. Doesn't matter what you've done. It's too bad. It's too late. It's over. Finished. Done. That's who you are. You're already defined. It's centered. It's cemented. It's over. Let me give you one verse that tells you that Satan is a liar. Here it is. Let's read it together, all of our campuses. Here we go. For I can do what? Everything through Christ who gives me strength. I can do whatever God wants, and if he wants to free me this morning, I'm ready. I can do everything. Everything. I can have a brand new start this morning. Now, some of you tried to find purpose outside of God. It doesn't work. We are in a battle, and the battlefield is in our minds. Satan knows exactly what to do to defeat us, and he knows where to defeat us. Our mind and thoughts, they're powerful, but God is more powerful. In today's message, Pastor Mark gave us four different weapons we can use to defeat Satan. Number one is the Bible, which is God's truth and does not lie. Number two is prayer and fasting. Number three is the Holy Spirit. And the last is God's family, our brothers and sisters. 
Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed, or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira Campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time on Lessons for Living, we'll learn that we're in a battle. It's a battle for our most precious possession, our soul. This war is about every single person on earth. That's about 7.5 billion people right now. Every person is born as a sinner, and every single person must make a choice where they will spend eternity. Pastor Mark asks us this question, where will you spend eternity? Have you ever thought about it? We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through our series entitled Living in Two Worlds, Visible and Invisible. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting world A new hope He is giving Lord, let us hear Your 